Brees Hall's stock on Prediction Strike is up 70%. Get on Prediction Strike, promo code Underworld, you get a free player share with every $20 deposit. Invest in players like stocks on Prediction Strike, promo code Underworld. anything could just need air guitar all the time forever and ever air guitar on waiver wired what it's happening what's going on that 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 guitar solo in case you didn't know that air guitar solo was inspired by one eddie van halen rest in peace eddie and uh, I know m- many of you guitar aficionados or air guitar aficionados in particular, I'm sure you I'm sure you heard Eddie in there, right? I mean, clearly, it's just so obvious. Oh, there you know, one second in, you're like, oh, this is, this is clearly Van Halen. Look at you know, how perfectly he's executing those, those bars. <laughs> the arrangements. It's, it's so perfect. It's so true to life. Why even listen to the song? Why would you even listen to Van Halen when you can listen to me doing air guitar on a fantasy football podcast? What's the point? I can't believe they get any views on YouTube knowing that I'm here. Why? <laughs> but there's, there is certainly reason to uh, celebrate. I was talking to Billy on the Dominator show. And he was talking about Mike Boone. And I'm like, man, I got to tell you, I didn't get much Mike Boone. I think I have some Mike Boone. I think I have Mike Boone in the Scott Fish Bowl. And that's it, you know? And uh, I actually, the weirdest thing happened, I got Latavius Murray everywhere. And I wasn't even trying to. I was just putting in reasonable bids. And, in, and there were unreasonable bids on Mike Boone. And I had a reasonable bid that won a bunch of Latavius Murray. And I was like, okay. This guy is uh, is kind of in line to be a starter with a very low bar. Though, if the bar is Melvin Gordon at age twenty nine, who has not been efficient all year and is clearly in decline and has neck and shoulder and leg injuries, ribs, it's everything right. Full body injuries always at this point for Melvin Gordon running to contact. It's what he does. He's right there. He's like an older James Conner. I mean, come on. What do you think's going to happen? So there's, and then Mike Boone has never been a, a primary back in his entire career. He's past the AJ Pex. Why start now? And every time Latavius Murray ends up on a new team, he ends up as the starter. Like it's like a thing. It's a thing that Latavius Murray does. He's like, oh, uh, wh- where are you going this year, Latavius? Uh, I'm going to head to Baltimore and be the starter. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Great. Great. Right. Uh, so then he's like, well, I guess I'm heading to Denver. 
uh, Latavius Murray, come on down. You're the new starter for the Denver Broncos. It's like, so in our fab guidance and on this show, we talked about this concept. We talked about, hey, guys, I love Mike Boone. You got to understand this. I love Mike Boone just like I love Deion Jackson. And when the moon and the stars align and everybody gets injured and the coaches are forced to actually play these motherfuckers, what do you think happens? Oh, Deion Jackson goes out and catches 10 passes on 10 targets and looks explosive because he is. He is. They Just go to playerprofiler.com and type in Deion Jackson. God, it's crazy. Like, I, you have to understand this. I'm looking like a total genius at the FFWC and on our you know fab guidance and on this waiver wired show. Yes, I look like a total genius on Monday Night Football. Yes, and I hate it. Right? I hate. I hate being right. I hate it. Being right sometimes sucks, and this is one of those instances where if it were me. I would have installed Mike Boone as the bell cow the moment Javante Williams goes down. It's an 80% opportunity share for Mike Boone until he gets injured. That's how I would run my team. Okay, I would go to player profile and be like, well, who's the most explosive giving us an opportunity to win games on any given touch with a, with a long touchdown? Oh, Mike Boone, play him always, right? And run him everywhere and don't let defenses know what we're doing. Don't telegraph to them anything. That's how I would run a team. Right? Deion Jackson would be out there, not Naheem Hines. You understand that? Right? Yes, of course, Jonathan Taylor. Right? <laughs> but like, like I, we can go down rosters. Like, you know, I would just tell you, I would play him, not him. I would play him, not him. I, clearly, I would be playing Antonio Gibson over Brian Robinson. Clearly. Right? Obviously. That's what I would be doing. And on and on and on and on down the line. However, I've been doing this for many years. And I'm indoctrinated into how NFL coaches think and what they prioritize. And God damn it, they're not going to play Mike Boone. And we just have to eat it. We just have to eat it. And we and if we're gonna actually going to get, if you're going to pay, you know, $6 a month to be on our Patreon and get our exclusive content on Discord, where I give you the actual fab guidance, patreon.com forward slash podfather how much to bid on every player in shallow leagues how much to bid on every player in deep leagues well we're gonna have to be reasonable and we're not gonna be just oh we have a website that shows nfl coaches what they should be doing or who they should be playing well we are a game within a game right so we're playing a game that's on top of another game and knowing that you're on top of another game you have to think about the decision making that happens on the game below the game and knowing that hey these decisions get made below and then this game we play called fantasy football is a proxy of yet this other game. Well, we have to understand the mindsets of the coaches before we go out and make our decisions on who we're going to bid on the waiver wire. And you're in a high stakes league and it turns out you have every Latavius Murray that's ever been birthed. <laughs> it's great. Unintentionally. Like on the Dominator show, I was like deflated. I was like, yeah, yeah, they, they, they gave me Murray, you know? Uh, wish I could say I had sexier players, but I don't. We have Devin Singletary, and he's not that sexy. And we have we the gritty, grimy, you know, uh, Juju Smith-Schusters and Amari Coopers and Tyler Lockett's. And it's just not that exciting. It's just not that sexy. No Kyle Pitts for us. 
right? Got no Kyle Pitts, no sex appeal, right? Sorry, right? Whoops, didn't get these guys. And then you look up and you're like, oh, these teams are winning. Oh, these teams are in first place. Oh, how about that? I mean, there are there are players with sex appeal that you should be overpaying for, like, oh, Jamar Chase, because Jamar Chase has these special qualities which put him in an, an echelon where, okay, yes, he has all these things that get you excited from an athleticism standpoint, especially, but he also has the college production, and then he has efficiency as a rookie in the NFL, so then he becomes more like DeAndre Swift, where it's like, okay, we don't have to hope. Like, this guy is appreciated by the NFL. He's a first-round pick, or he's an early second-round pick. In DeAndre Swift's case, okay, it's on, it's happening. But when guys are undrafted, it's like wish-casting that a coach would ever see them as anything more than a breather back or rotational back, and it's just, it's it makes fantasy interesting. If it was just about running an equation on athleticism plus efficiency plus opportunity equals okay, then you know we could we could all just we could all just run a query on player profiler and go home. It's not that easy. It's way more complicated, and so that's what it's why you sit down with Billy Muzio and you talk it through in the Dominator show, and be like, yeah, I'm stashing all the Latavius Murray, just like we're stashing all the Zamir White. Like if if. It's almost now certain that they want to run Josh Jacobs directly into the ground. They want to corkscrew Josh Jacobs all the way through the earth. And if they're going to do that, he's going to go down. He's gone down before with lower body injuries. He runs to contact. He doesn't have the speed to get out of bounds. He doesn't have the the, the nimbleness. He's, he's going to take some more huge hits, and it's not going to last. He's not going to last in this role. I love that he's doing well. He's another gritty, grimy guy just like David Montgomery, and I'm like, hey, I don't ever draft David Montgomery, but I will this year. If you want to drop him into the seventh round or whatever, okay, we'll take him. Josh Jacobs, same thing. Because this is a sport that's being played on top of another sport, and if yes, if you are coaching the Raiders, you're not going to give all the touches to Josh Jacobs. He doesn't offer enough on any given touch. In terms of the ability to go score a touchdown from the 40-yard line, that's really what you need. You're going to be a between-the-tackles player, and you don't have a Nick Chubb skill set. If I'm the coach, you're not going to play heavy snaps. We're going to play Zamir White. right? Zamir White maybe doesn't know all the blocking assignments as well as, as Josh Jacobs. Oh, fucking well, he should be in there. Amir Abdullah should be in there more. But uh, alas... It's going to go to the guy that he trusts from the team he used to coach for, and he knows him well, and he trusts him. So Brandon Bolden's going to be out there instead of Amir Abdullah, right? So, yeah, that's the great example. That's the team. That would be the team where it's like they're playing Jacobs only all the time, which I would never do. And then when it's not Jacobs, it's Bolden, which I wouldn't do either, right? It would be some mix of Zamir White and Amir Abdullah because they're more explosive and electric. Alas, I work here. I don't work in the NFL. I work in a studio with a cartoon character of me in a space suit uh, and a martini as a werewolf. And I wear a, uh, you know, a, a do-rag, as they say, 
with uh, these uh, these really cool these really cool armbands that that show off my 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 guns. And we're no, I'm not showing off the other gun. I know where you're going with this. Set some other show on some other channel, okay? We play air guitar. Josh, Jake, unbelievable. I mean, good for him, man. Good for him. If he wasn't a first round pick, he, he wouldn't be scoring all these fantasy points. Just, just know that. Just know, just know that. Just you know, you know. That's why when the the day three running backs break out, we're so happy. I'm. You gotta understand. I'm very happy for Damian Pierce. He does not pop on player profiler, but I am very happy because you know what I love. You know that I love guys that excel at the senior bowl and fall to day three and just are great at football and they command your respect no matter what and you have to play them. That's an awesome story. So Rashad White, great example, right? Rashad White, we, we love his story, how he uh, was living out of his car to go put himself through community college. Just to get an opportunity, to get an opportunity, to get an opportunity for a guy behind the guy behind the guy at Arizona State. And he rises up to where he is. And Leonard Fournette's also absorbing a huge workload. So everything we're talking about with Josh Jacobs is also true for Leonard Fournette. Although Leonard Fournette is able to explode through contact and elude contact in a way that Josh Jacobs cannot. So I, I, I think... Fournette has a better chance of staying healthy with this workload than Jacobs does. But White has clearly established himself as the go-to bell cow in the one-for-one Fournette role should anything happen. And what I think might occur in these weeks ahead, the, the teams with Rashad White in shallow leagues, they, they, I mean, it's only shallow leagues. He's never being dropped in deep leagues. I'm going to be upfront about that, Okay. It's never he's 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 available in what sixty five percent of Yahoo leagues. Shallow leaguers are going to drop him because they have to make tough choices. Just like I've I almost dropped Zamir White in a bunch of leagues this past week. I had a bunch of bye weeks coming up. Zamir White himself was on bye, and I was like, man, I can get away with uh, dropping Zamir White. He's on bye. There's no risk. I can pick him back up. And then I just didn't. I didn't do it because I just can't. I can't because I know that if he get if if a player with Zamir White's running a 4-4-40 gets that Josh Jacobs role. I mean, it's on like you've never seen. It's a great offense. Like it's like the reason why I'm not so bullish on Latavius Murray like like we were, you know, with, with a couple other players this year, you know, not as bullish as I was on Jeff Wilson, certainly not on as like a, we're, I mean, we're all in on Kenneth Walker last week because this Broncos offense is dysfunctional and Melvin Gordon is still there. And they're going to have some closed-door meeting, and he's going to talk his way back into the getting touches. You know that's going to happen. Okay, So this is what I love doing. I love, I love having paid such close attention to the NFL for so many years, and now I can tell you exactly how it's going to play out. Like, so this is what's going to happen. Okay, That said, it looks like Latavius Murray is the best running back. So he's the 1A, Gordon's the 1B, and because he has the passing game, at least absolute passing downs... Mike Boone has that role. Consider him the one C. So when there's a one A, one B, one C on a dysfunctional offense, you're not you're not going to be like bidding fifty percent of your fab budget on that guy. But in deep leagues, could be aggressive. We have the exact percentage again on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podfather, and on our Discord, discord.gg forward slash player profiler. Also Kenyon Drake. Now see, I, I've I've you know I peruse. I want to see what others that are writing waiver wire pieces and. I'm going to be talking to Theo Greminger 
today on the Mind of Mansion show. He writes the waiver wire piece on Player Profiler. And it, so that's like the best waiver wire piece that I read every week. And then I read others. Yeah, I read a whole bunch. And like, where are we at with Kenyon Drake? And what I noticed was there were some that just were not fully understanding what was happening. Like, it just, it's, we can go back to the Tua thing and, and so many injuries before that. You need to stop listening to what coaches are saying about player injuries. I'm telling you, stop it. Stop it. Day-to-day means week-to-week. Week-to-week means month-to-month. Month-to-month means he's out for the year. I'm telling you, Kadarius Tony's done. It's a lost season. It's over. They fucked up not putting him on IR. It was a mistake. Just like Dak should have gone to IR. It was a mistake. NFL teams suck at managing player injuries, and they suck even more at communicating about them because they're not incentivized to. They're incentivized to give you the bare minimum, if not absolute, full-blown, outright lies. Because that actually helps them. Because then the opposing defense doesn't know exactly what to game plan for. So you would lie in those same circumstances as well. It's not a big deal. Just know what we're dealing with. So when someone comes out and says, oh, his knee locked up on him because of the turf, you're like, right, 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 right. So he's fine. And he could have played, but we wanted to be cautious. Since when? Since when? Since when, NFL? Since when do you not play your best players out of an abundance of caution? Fuck you. I mean, that is that is such a brazen lie given every week you do the opposite and force guys to play when they have no business playing. It's like, who do you think? And And... I'm sitting here going, who do they think they're talking to? Do, you, do they think we're idiots? That we're just going to you know, just report everything they say verbatim? And then you read all the news blurbs, and they're all reporting them verbatim. As if it's not a big deal. As if you shouldn't be picking up Kenyon Drake. And it's like, how gullible are you people? Now, members of the sort of news media are super gullible, right? They just run with everything that the State Department puts out there they just reported as fact even though we find out later oh it's it's not true right sports media even worse right sports media they're, they're even lower iq and even more zombie like in their reporting techniques just copy and pasting and then they're aggregating so they're copy and pasting other copy and pasters and the next thing you know it's like oh this is this coach said it so it's it's true it's like what his knee locked up on him. His surgically repaired knee that had damage outside just the ACL, right? There was also auxiliary damage to the LCL. Just locked up on him. Not a big deal. Be back next week. Nothing to see here with Kenyon Drake. 100 yards. Don't worry about it. Don't don't, don't bid on him. Why would you? It's it's going to be the Dobbins show next week. It's it's nothing happened. The coach said it. Just uh, nothing. How? So, yes, you're bidding aggressively on Kenyon Drake. Not as aggressively as you would on Latavius Murray, but pretty aggressively. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Yeah. It's like, and I hate Kenyon Drake, right? I hate Kenyon Drake, but I love him. I hate Latavius Murray, but I love him. It's what it is. It's like, it's not not like I'm happy about this. It's like, I want to do this, but it's the position we're put in. These coaches with their lies <laughs> and their suboptimal personnel packages put us in this position as people that know the best way to win football games 
I don't. Why aren't we running team? I don't know. Like it seems like a big inefficiency that if we know so much about winning games and the coaches don't, we I I feel maybe I'm in the wrong job. I don't get it. So you got to bid on Kenyon Drake. That's a better team. Like that's a team that's going to score more points and maybe run the ball more effectively in Baltimore than they will in in Denver. So what? Why not? Right? <sighs> I just, you know, I'm looking at the, the fab guidance that I'm seeing right there. Latavius Murray, Kenyon Drake, week seven, NFL, National Football League. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Just really, you look, it's just sad. It's sad. Then I have to drop all the way down to Deion Jackson. And it's like, he went 10 for 10. He looked explosive. And then what happens? We can't have nice things. He strains his quad. Jonathan Taylor is supposedly close to returning, but he did miss multiple games with a lower body injury. Naheem Hines had a serious concussion. So Deion, Deion Jackson is a is a premium stash. You're stashing him over Pacheco and White and Gainwell and all these other stashes we love. But he is still a stash because, I mean, most players like Naheem Hines come back after two two weeks with a concussion. Jonathan Taylor apparently is close to returning. He's going to return. Now in, in Carolina, McCaffrey has no business on this team. Again, if I were a general manager, I would have blown that team up three years ago. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I need to run teams as a general manager, but I also need to be the coach. And then Super Bowl. Yeah, give me a couple years, Super Bowl every time. I mean, clearly. What are they doing? <laughs> they're, paying, they're paying McCaffrey all this money. And, oh, let's, let's make sure we trade Robbie Anderson. But we gotta, we got to keep McCaffrey. Yeah, he's really helping us. And this is that's money well spent. Like, God damn, man. So there's a good chance McCaffrey gets traded too. Don't be surprised when he's not traded because NFL teams are idiots. He should be traded in a rational world, which means Dante Foreman, which means Chuba Hubbard. That would become a specialist backfield. It would be Dante Foreman between the tackles. It would be Hubbard in the passing game. But Hubbard would be the boon. Foreman is very much the Murray. So you're prioritizing, stashing Foreman, all else equal, but you're not like spending fab on those guys. I mean, remember, most people aren't thinking three moves ahead like we are. No one's like, oh, man, I think if, if, if Robbie Anderson get then, well, then McCaffrey, and then most people in your fantasy league have lives. They're not going this deep. So you could just wait and, and pick these guys up when everything processes. Now, a wide receiver, uh, one more player to, to mention, uh, Kyron Williams is not athletic. He is not special, but he's coming back, and that Rams backfield is... A problem. It's problematic. Right? Cam Akers is a big crank. Darrell Henderson does not have a true all-purpose skill set that you can rely on. Kyron Williams is going to get touches as soon as he returns. That's an interesting stash. So once you've stashed the normal stashes like the Jalen Warrens and the Gainwells and the Whites and the Pachecos, Kyron Williams. And again, I hate it. Okay, I hate it. But we're doing it. We have to do what we hate in order to win. That is that is the lesson, the learning from today's show. You do what you hate to win. Wandale Robinson, and congratulations all of us that stashed him. We're doing great. Give yourselves a hand. I mean, we got it. 
Like, we got it. Number one on the stash list for four weeks. Let's go. Right? Let's go. Everyone's like, who do I stash? Uh, Wandale Robinson. Easy. Wandale Robinson is a starter. He had very few snaps, like 25, 30% of the snaps, and he still commanded a bunch of targets and was efficient with those targets, scored a touchdown with those targets, and there's no one else there. It's Daniel Jones, I understand, but it's so rare. It's such a rare thing that a number one wide receiver, a true number one, like the primary option at wide receiver, reveals himself on 90% of waiver wires. So... We have a hard cap at 15%, right? You're never allowed to to bid more than 15% of your fab budget on a wide receiver unless it's very special circumstances. So go right up to the cap, right up to 15% of your budget on Wandale Robinson. Then it's it's because of the injury to Marquise Brown, it's Rondale Moore. It was so funny. I went back and I listened to the top 10 takeaways section because I read the comments after the show was over. Like, hey, Podfather, uh... Marquise Brown's out for the year. You should talk about that. It's like, hey, guys, I'm I'm locked in. So I went back and actually we alluded to the injury without alluding to the injury. It was kind of amazing how we talked about uh, the Carolina Panthers punting Robbie Anderson, not knowing he was going to get traded, and then talking about the, the possibility of Rondale Moore having a productive role with or without Hopkins coming back. And now Hopkins comes back, but Brown is out. And now so he can move into the Brown role or they put Anderson in the Brown role is more likely. But Anderson in the Brown role is not going to hog the same targets because he's not as fast. He's not as good. I mean, you have to excuse me. Just excuse me if I'm not thrilled to pick up a wide receiver with 13 catches on the season who's about to be 30 and no one actually wants him on their team. So, yes, a team that absolutely is desperate for wide receiver talent is going to go ahead and, and trade a seventh rounder for him. But I'm not actually required to care about him. And no, I'm not picking him up over Rondale Moore. I'm going to bid twice as much on Rondale Moore. Death taxes and pick up Rondale Moore. The last three weeks has been our recommendation. Wandale, I mean, it's every receiver, right? It's Wandale Robinson. It's it's Rondale Moore. It's, we're lapsing into repeats. I was like, do I even need to talk about wide receivers on the show? I don't even think so. We talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones every week, stashing him. Zay Jones was the receiving leader again in Jacksonville. And then always Nico Collins. They're coming back off their bye. The one player I traded for recently in a very deep league was Russell Gage. Because if you're the number three receiver and the Buccaneers keep losing pass catchers, right? They lost Cameron Brait recently, and I hope he's okay. And, you know, Godwin is not going to be right all season. Mike Evans is getting to that age where he's always playing through some kind of hamstring, quad, calf injury. Gage was hurt earlier this year, and he's been getting healthier. He's been practicing a little bit more. You've noticed Gage is, is like, doesn't practice all week. Then he's limited. Then he's getting in a full practice. He's working his way back. And if Gage is the most healthy receiver on that team, and he's at, at the very least in a number three role, I'm excited about Gage, and he has some boom week potential in the Tom Brady offense. So I like Gage as sort of a a plug-and-play, sort of desperation flex, but also he has handcuff appeal. Because the other receiver we always talk about is as the handcuff of all handcuffs, the best wide receiver handcuff is absolutely Khalil Shakir, but they're going into a bye. So you, there's no handcuff appeal of Shakir this week. You can always just... Stash Shakir the following week, but this week, 
Gage is sort of the best of both worlds. I want to get Gage on my team. Don't forget about Jamison Williams. Don't forget about Odell Beckham. Josh Palmer is always a great stash, as is K.J. Hamler, because one of the other reasons why we're not completely out on Latavius Murray because he's uh, as part of a dysfunctional offense, because I know you might be thinking, well, you're asking me to bid aggressively on Murray if I didn't already pick him up, but then you go and talk about how dysfunctional this offense is, and then you always talk about how you don't want to bet on players on the most dysfunctional offenses because they they lack the upside to really win leagues. So now I'm confused. Well, part of the case for Latavius Murray and Greg Dulcich as well, Greg Dulcich is the guy to pick up at tight end, is the same case to stash K.J. Hamler. This offense has to eventually, has to, it has to. I have to believe this because I, I only have a decade of Russell Wilson history to go on. Russell Wilson's 33 years old. And when you go to player profile, you can hit that little down arrow below the the first three seasons of career stats. Hit the down arrow. It shows all of his career stats. This is Russell Wilson, the last decade. QB 11 is a rookie. QB 11, QB 3, QB 3, QB 17, QB 1, QB 13, QB 6, 6, 13 in only 14 games, and then QB 19 so far this season. So he's he's actually moved into the top 20 fantasy quarterbacks somehow. I don't know how he's done it, but he's getting a little bit better every week, a little bit more efficient every week. He has Sutton, he has Judy, two of the better, you know, wide receiver, one of the better wide receiver duos in the league. I am hopeful. Like the, the upside of an a Hamler, the reason you stash a Hamler. Perhaps even over a, a a Nico Collins is because there is real upside should Judy or Sutton go down, and Judy is a big injury risk. He potentially moves into a Tyler Lockett-like role because Judy can't be Lockett. He's not fast enough. He's not good enough. He's not dynamic enough. He's not versatile enough. He's not Tyler Lockett. But at least Hamler has that Lockett speed. So... It is interesting. Like Hamler in deep leagues is someone I'm I'm absolutely soaking up. Same thing with Greg Dulcich. He's the answer. I'd rather have Dulcich than than Bellinger. And and part of that story from Murray to Hamler to Dulcich, part of that stash story is the eventual figuring out of how to win games in the AFC West and start to actually put up points, how to be prolific, how to have a, I don't know, maybe a 300-yard game. These things are all in Russell. I I trust Russell Wilson that he will figure it out. He has a track record that's only a decade long. So I'm going to go ahead and trust him. He's never been this bad. He's never been close to this bad. Right? The worst he's done is 17.5 fantasy points a game. He's now at 15.5. So to get to 17.5... He's got to be close to 19 fantasy points a game the rest of the way. Think about that. If you think about that too much, you're going to get super confused. Don't think about it too much. But you do stash KJ Hamler and you stream and put a bid down on Greg Dulcich in tight end premium leagues. I already have him in a couple of the FFWC teams where I had... Albert Akuik Boonham, and so I remember we talked about this on the Dominator show. I picked up Fant and Dulcich, and I was like, I'm either going to get the opportunities from Dulcich, or I'm going to get the, the the athleticism is going to translate for Fant. One of these two things is going to happen, and I like Dulcich and Fant as as the the streaming tight end options. If you didn't already have Tunyon, hey, we're right again. 
Told you so on Tunyon. If you want to go deeper on tight end, there's a there's a there's an interesting sort of fringy option at tight end that I like, and that would be Foster Moreau. Yeah, Foster Moreau. Now you're like, hey, I don't know about that. I chase the athleticism, and you might say, well, you know, Albert O. Turned out he's Albert No, and that's true. That's uh, I'll own that. Again, we're taking some L's this year. We're taking the L on Chase Edmonds until most earth goes down. There's a temporary L. We're going to run out the clock on Edmonds. I'm going to run out the clock in Dynasty on Alberto. Not dropping him, right? No L's in the long, but I'm taking some short-term L's on Edmonds and Alberto. I'll take a full-season L on Alberto. How about that, right? How about that, okay? But also, that same logic led you to Gerald Everett, led you to streaming Noah Fant last week. And in particular, led you to David Njoku. You're welcome. Chase the athleticism at tight end. Waller has a hamstring injury. I think he's a 50-50 shot to play this week. So especially in leagues where you have Waller, you should be stashing Moreau. He's in the right offense. It's a prolific offense. And he has the athletic profile to put up one of these two touchdown games, the yards after the catch, everything. Like he has yards after the catch ability. He has explosiveness to get up and go get it. In the end zone. So Foster Moreau is the sneakiest stash of all this week at the tight end position. And then at quarterback, if you're streaming quarterbacks, Mariota could be in a shootout with the Bengals. So look out for that. He just rushed for 50 yards and a touchdown. He does have Pitts, even though we didn't draft him. He does have London. So that's something I, I might I might go back to Marcus Mariota as long as he's the the, the plan. When Ritter becomes the starter, we're probably going to be streaming Ritter too. But I think that that's going to be a theme is Falcons quarterback. They're getting great pass blocking, the great continuity on their offensive line. So he has time to throw, and then he's pulling it down and running when he has to. So Mariota's a good bet. Ryan get, getting hot and, and faces Tennessee. So the matchup based and sort of if you're looking at just who's playing well and who's got a great matchup, that would be Matt Ryan this week. And same as you monitor Dak Prescott. And you would actually consider, this is true, you would consider playing Cooper Rush this week. Absolutely. Even in single quarterback leagues, if you're streaming, you have bye weeks, you have Josh Allen on bye, Cooper Rush against Detroit. Oh, God. I hate it. But I kind of love it.